This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Welcome back to five on three alongside Jimmy Sullivan and a newbie to the podcast, Mike Messina. Welcome in, Mike. Thanks um, for having me. Chris Hennessy. We got a, a lot to talk about today, boys. How's it going? We're good. We're, We're good. good. Happy to be here. It's been a while for me. First time for Mike. We're it's been all a while, here, Jimmy. Though. We're good. We're good, man. All right, so let's start with the still the hottest team in hockey, despite them having lost the game uh, in the past week. Points in 12 straight games for the Islanders. They play against Toronto tonight, then they're in Philly and Pittsburgh uh, for the remainder of the week. Uh, three tough games they showed on Saturday that they bounced back from the Pittsburgh loss. I think that's really important that they bounce back from that tough loss, but we're going to see tonight how they play against a really good team in Toronto and see if they can keep this hot streak up. Well... I didn't really know how sustainable that 10-game victory streak was going, so I thought that was the perfect time that they were going to lose, and I actually figured they were going to lose that game to a strong Pittsburgh team as well, well, at least at the time. Yeah, beating Pittsburgh is never easy. The, yeah. they, the fact that they beat them four in a row in the playoffs last year is still is still miraculous. So, still can't even believe that still, part. Still no, can't believe it. No so, so I'm not – but losing that three-goal three, three goal lead in the third period, then the comeback and – and have a bounce back game. They didn't look great against Florida, but just to win the game, I feel like is important. Jimmy. Yeah, and I think the the big takeaway here, at least for me, is that we were worried about the goalie situation. This is coming in this year for the Isles, and if you combine Varlamov and Grice, because they've played basically the same amount of games, you've got a two point one one GAA, a save percentage of nine thirty four, and they've only allowed thirty four goals. In 16 games. That's pretty good. That's that's quite good. And, you know, we've seen certain teams like the Isles, like the Rangers, going to, to timeshares in net. Um, and Grice was kind of the known commodity, if you will, going into this year. And you but lost even Leonard. that, even that, uh, he was not good before Trotz got there. So you, right. don't, you right. don't know if that's a fluke. And that's coaching. Up. That's coaching. Yeah, it is. That's coaching for you. It is. And I think that Grice and Varlamov, I mean, look, Barzal's probably been the MVP of, of the 12-game stretch because he's – the best player on the team, um, and he at this point is basically a full-blown superstar in this league, but you have to give Grice and Varlamov the, the tip of the hat here. I mean, they've been fantastic. Even, to, to not lose a game for 12, for to not lose one game over a 12-game stretch, to basically to get 23 out of 24 points in a month is remarkable. That's unbelievable, and that, that starts with the goaltending. Even Josh Bailey, though, he's only two points behind Barzal. Yeah, Bailey's been good, too. Bailey's six, been really six good. Six goals, six assists. He's also killing it this he, season. Yeah, he's... Streak. He, st- he stepped into Eberly's role really nicely when Eberly got hurt. And I think just their schedule gets a little bit tougher. It, look, winning 10 games in the NHL is an unbelievable feat no matter who you play against, but there were some duds in that in that stretch. They played Ottawa twice. Uh, they played some teams who are not going to make the playoffs. Um, these three games against teams who expect to make the playoffs, Toronto, um, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, two of them on the road, are going to be key because you need to see that they can beat playoff teams. Because now we've seen they can beat up on teams that they're better than and they should be better than, and they did. Now they beat teams like Tampa Bay in that streak, and that streak as well. I understand that. But going to Pittsburgh, going to Philly, that's key. That is key. And I'll throw in one more caveat here, and we're going to talk about the Sidney Crosby thing a little bit later. But 11 guys on the Islanders have played all 16 games. 13 guys have played at least 15, and 15 have been able to play double digits. So part of this is also that they're staying healthy, and I, and I think for the that's most part, for the most part. For the most part, Everly's missed time. Everly has missed time. Martin and Kunakel, but like, yeah, uh, 
I love Matt Martin, but he's replaceable. Tom Kunakle's replaceable. Yeah. Jordan Eberle is the only guy that they've missed for a significant significant period of time, excuse me, that would you would consider irreplaceable. But as Mike mentioned, Josh Bailey's filled that hole right. really nicely. Right. And 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 that's part of the the luck that goes into it too and the scheduling. But you also have to give credit to Barry Trotz because this was a team that we thought was going to take a step back going into this right. year, right? You know, they finished second in the division last year. They won a playoff series. They go to the conference semifinals, and you're thinking, and I don't think they can replicate that again, especially with, you know, kind of how little, especially in the way of big moves they did in the offseason. But this all goes back to Barry Trotz. And, and to me, Barry Trotz in hockey right now has to be, I would say, a top-five coach because he has gotten the most out of this Islanders team both last year and now he's doing it again this year. They're back where they were last year. They're second place to the Capitals with three games in hand. So, you know, this is a team that, you know, they continue this run. I mean, they, they could they could have an even better finish than they did last year, and all that goes back to Barry Trotz, and he deserves all the credit in the world. For well, that. that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, Trotz and Lou both said in the offseason that they want, to, they want to improve. Getting to the second round and not winning a game isn't good enough for a GM and a coach that have won the Stanley Cup. Right. I think Barry Trotz actually deserves all the credit for how, this Islanders, how the Islanders team is shaping out right now. Yeah, obviously, Barzal and... Every other player on the team deserves just as much credit, but Barry Trotz came in and instantly brought that team to a playoff into playoff contention. Didn't go how they expected last year, obviously, but I think it's going to be another good season for the Islanders coming up in the playoffs too. I mean, you talk about Barry Trotz, and the biggest we've beaten the horse to death, but I'm just going to say it again: is the freaking defense on this team is ridiculous. Oh, it's insane. Thirty-five goals allowed is best in the league by ten. I understand it's early, but by 10 goals to be best in the league, that's unbelievable. And they're, they don't score. They're in the bottom third in the league in goals four. They're, they are, let me get this right, they are two goals above Ottawa in terms of goals scored. That's not, like, good. They're, they're in the conversation with Buffalo, Anaheim, and Ottawa in Minnesota for goals scored, but they are number one by 10 in goals allowed. And they're able to win a lot of close games, right? And that right. they beat Florida 2-1, they yeah. beat Buffalo 1-0. It's it's 2-1, 1-0, 3-2 games right. that lost like, in overtime to the Penguins 4-3. Right, exactly. And but what does that go back to? Defense and goaltending. Defense yeah. and goaltending. And you saw in the in the Pittsburgh game, it's when that falls apart for a quick second, they are not the same team. Yeah. They got thoroughly dominated in the third period of that game. Evgeny Malkin was a beast. He was a beast on the puck all night, and it finally burned them in the third period. They played They played 40 minutes that were good enough to beat the Penguins, though, and they played 25 that weren't, and, and they ended up losing in overtime. But th- this, I know that it's not technically sustainable by Jackson's advanced metrics. I understand that. And he, can, he, he throws me at them every single day, and I, I get it. But by the eye test, it's sustainable because they played a hundred games under they played ninety eight regular season games under Barry Trotz, and they've won over sixty of them. So to me, now it's sustainable. Yeah, so I think that's going to be the interesting thing, and I think there will be a regression here. I mean, even without looking at advanced metrics, if you will, like they're not going to play this well for this long, right? But the thing is, I think it's. So you're saying they're not going to get all points but one every single month? <laughs> no, of the that's year? exactly <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's a hot take. I'm interesting stand by take, it, Jimmy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think the, the the interesting thing is, you know, if you know, can they sustain this defensively? That's what I'm more yeah, interested. Defensively, in. you know, can it? they continue to be the best team in hockey if they defensively? Stay healthy, if they stay I healthy, I think they're going to be up there. I think they're going to be a top five team. I agree with you that they need to stay healthy, but they have seventh and eighth options defensively. Yes, Noah Dobson and Thomas Hickey are. 
NHL-level defensemen that aren't playing on the Islanders right now. So they have these seventh and eighth options defensively. Now, if a goaltender got hurt, I'd be with you because I don't necessarily trust the system with Christopher Gibson mm-hmm. in that. I'll give you that. Defensively, I think they can afford it. They showed it. Dobson played pretty well, and Letty was out for three games. What is Dobson? 19, 19, year, he's 19 years 19. old. He's 19 years old. So that is a little bit of an unknown. But we'll, we'll see. And they're getting healthier offensively. Eberly's back now. Uh, Martin's going to come back in about two weeks as his Kunakle. So they're getting healthier. But those guys who came up from Bridgeport were really good Bardro, Wallstrom, those guys are probably down for the year now, realistically, unless there are more injuries. So. Um, it's about it for the Islanders. They have those three games this week. They actually, they actually play the Penguins back-to-back games. Yes, one they, on the road, one at home. So those are going to be two. Yeah, they play the big they play games. the Penguins three times in a month, including yep. the one that they lost last time. So those are going to be big games, Mike. Let's move on to the Rangers. Speaking of the Penguins, they beat the Penguins in overtime last night. Kako has two goals. Uh, you saw a lot of good things out of the Rangers last night, Mike, including uh, the number two overall pick. Yeah, Capo Kako is like emerging as what we expected him to be and what he should be from watching him play the last couple of years. He is absolutely killing it. Him and Adam Fox have great chemistry together that pass that pass across the zone last night and over time a little touching pass. by Calco. It, it's working out perfectly and it's everything David Quigg could have could have asked for. Yeah, those those first ten games or seven games, whatever it was they went without a goal were clearly not uh an epitome of what his NHL career was gonna be. Um, and he's showing that over the last, what is it, five goals in seven games well, now? Yeah. yeah, he had one goal yeah. in his first nine, and then it's five goals in his last seven. Yeah, so, so. so he's clearly turning it back on and getting used to the NHL, Jim. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big move, and, and I was kind of worried about going into the season. If my memory is correct, I picked Jack Hughes as Rookie of the Year. You did. And the reason why I, I kind of did that was, well, he's going to play more. I mean, he's playing with you know Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri, but Capo uh, Caco's got talent around him on this team as well. Like this is a talented Rangers team. You go out and get a, Artemi Panarin in the offseason for kind of a bargain. Ryan Strom has been excellent, so there's plenty of talent on this Rangers team. Um, on the forward end. On the forward. On end. the forward. I end. agree. I agree. Defensively, they're a train wreck, man. They, they are, are a train they are. wreck defensively. That Carolina game. Man, Henrik Lundqvist can walk that one up to Toronto to the Hall of Fame. That was ridiculous, that game. 49 shots. Carolina puts 49 shots on Lundqvist. He saves 48 of them, and they win 2-1. to one. Was that what it was? Yep. It was like 49. It was 47 shots to 19. That's what it was. It was 47 to 19 in shots in favor of Carolina. The Rangers on the road win 2-1. to one. That is absurd. <laughs> Talk about not sustainable, man. That's ridiculous. I mean, they're just testing the theory of how little defense can we play. <laughs> And still, like, win games. 47 right? shots is apparently still, the number. Because they're still kind of afloat here, right? <laughs> they, I mean, oh, they're, oh, they're more than afloat. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, it's November 13th. Every team is afloat <laughs> yeah, besides maybe like, Ottawa. Yeah, well, they, well they, they their season was over when they walked off the bus. Right. But, you know, this this Rangers team has plenty of talent offensively. So when you see Capo Caco get on a run like this, I don't think it's necessarily surprising. The question, again, is, as we talked about with the Islanders, and we'll talk about it with him, can he sustain not this obviously because that's unrealistic, but you know, can he be a guy who winds up scoring you know thirty goals in a season? Right. If, if that Kako, to be seen. If Kako has twenty five goals, you know, Zabanejad has twenty goals, and they miss the playoffs, the Ranger fan is happy with this season because okay. I, you boys are both Rangers fans. I'm obviously not. You weren't expecting the playoffs this year. Absolutely not. Nah, so, your way. Absolutely not. So. I think in addition to that, with all the forwards that are scoring goals, you have to be beyond pleased with the way Adam Fox is playing. Absolutely. Because Libor Hayek has been on and off. We've talked about him a lot. Adam Fox has been outstanding. 
I think honestly he's been your best defenseman over the over the past 15 games. Well, Adam Fox is third amongst rookie defensemen in points, trailing Quinn Hughes and only Cole McCarr from the Avalanche. So wow. he's he's going to be a future number one. Defenseman, <laughs> those, I think. those are those are two studs right there. He's going to be McCarr a future number one Quinn. defenseman. So he's he's been playing really well. Um, there was something else. Oh, he, so. They played f- after the Hurricanes game where I, we went over that, 47 shots to 19, ridiculousness. They come back to the Garden and play Florida on Sunday afternoon, or Sunday night, I think it was. No, Sunday afternoon. And they lose 6-5 to five in a shootout. Now, that's a game I expect the Rangers to be playing a lot of. Losing 6-5, six, losing six to five, winning 6-5, to 5-4. Five, five, we talked about Islanders playing one nothing, 2-1, 2 nothing games. That's a game the Rangers are going to play. Yeah. Because their defense is young. Their defense is learning. They're Goaltending is good. I'm not going to say it's not, but Henry Lundqvist has been playing fantastic. He has been. His stamina, his stamina scares me a little bit. He is 37 years old. Um, But if they keep doing this timeshare on and off with um, Georgiev, then that will be fine. But I really do expect more five four four three games than the two one game you saw against Carolina. Well, I mean, you look at some of these games they've lost right early in the season. You've got four one five two five two a seven four loss to Boston, a six two loss to Ottawa, a six five loss to Florida. I mean, these are like almost video game numbers Mm -hmm. where teams don't score five six goals in a game, and the Rangers are saying, "Here, go ahead." Especially against the Senators. No, yeah, right. Six goals to Ottawa, to Ottawa, and (laughs) losing that game. Yeah, that was actually kind of embarrassing. Not gonna lie, but um, yeah, it's. It's one of those where you just sit there and you go, and, and I feel bad for the goalies too because like Henrik Lundqvist's numbers are so skewed at this point with how bad his defense is. He's given up over three goals per game, and I look at that and I'm like, I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, because no, the, the eye it, test does not see a, a three-plus goals against average. No, because he's got a save percentage above 91%, and you look at the goals against average, and it's 3-2-3. Three, three. That, that doesn't add up. Um, and, and I still think he's one of the better goalies in the league. Granted, he's kind of on the load management plan, if you will, now with Georgiev splitting the time. But, but he has to be, man. But he, he's 37, 37 years, years old. old. Yep. The fact that he's still in the league is a testament to how good he is 100%. and how well he's maintained himself. So you have to give him credit for that. Um, and, and the fact, honestly, I think it's almost impressive they haven't given up more goals because this defense is so bad. And David Quinn, after the Florida game on Sunday, just sat there and said, look, we have to make a commitment to playing defense. Well, that should go without saying. Like, right. obviously, every team needs to play defense. But he's just up there like, yeah, we need to commit to playing defense. And it wasn't any one specific thing. He just said playing defense. They do need to commit to playing defense, though, because their defense <laughs> is not good. And on paper, I understand that they're young. I, I, yeah. get, I get that they're young, and everybody keeps saying that their defense is young, their defense is young. Fine, but they just they just have to stop people. They just have to not give up 47 yeah. shots on goal. Just 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 don't. <laughs> like it's it's literally their job. They're they're throwing out defensemen who aren't really honestly the only defensemen who have shown me this season that they're NHL level defensemen on the Rangers are Truba, Fox, and maybe D'Angelo. Yeah. Brady Skay has not been good this year. He wasn't good last year. Brendan Smith has been playing forward all year. Mark Stahl stinks. Ryan Lindgren is an AHL player. That's a wild development, by the way. The Mark Stahl is terrible. <laughs> he is awful. Ryan Lindgren has been an AHL player, excuse me, for all but like three games. And Levar Hayek has been okay. He hasn't been as good as Adam Fox. Adam Fox has eight points in his last nine games, three goals, five assists. So That's offensively, and he's yeah. been good defensively, too. I, I don't know. It, to, to me, that's going to be where the problems stem for the Rangers, and it's not going to be fixed until they 
until those defensemen develop. Uh, I'll throw you a slightly advanced metric. So there's this stat called defensive point shares Okay. Um, that basically attributes, like, number of points contributed by a player just due to defense. So Fox is first. Um, we've got three players tied for second. It's Truba, Lindgren, and Pavel Buchnevich. The forward. The forward. Mm-hmm. The winger. The Pavel winger. The, the winger, Pavel Buchnevich. Um, not what you want. Not not exactly what you want. But their their offense is good enough to win them some games they don't necessarily deserve to win, and they're they're going to see that throughout the year. And it's I'm not ruling out that they slip into an eight spot. It's unlikely, but I'm not ruling it out. Um, but if they did get to that point, I think their defense would be the death of them come springtime. All right, let's move down to New Jersey. The Devils are back tonight from a West Coast swing. Uh, they're playing Ottawa, and they went 500 on the West Coast swing. Not bad. They had a bad game against Edmonton. They had a really bad game against Edmonton. They didn't look great against Calgary either. But to me, must win is strong on November 13th, but this is a huge game for a get well, welcome home from the West Coast. Let's get off on the right foot now. I would definitely consider it a must win. Taylor Hall needs to step up. He's, he leads the team in points with 15, but he needs to start scoring some goals. He only has two goals on the season so far. I think Kyle, yeah, Kyle Palmieri leads the team with six, and Taylor Hall needs to step up. Jack Hughes needs to start playing well. I, I think as a whole, the offense needs to start contributing a little more. Yeah, this is a game where you can find yourself offensively. Absolutely. I mean, take away the Ranger game for a second. Ottawa stinks. <laughs> Ottawa's just not good. Uh, and this is a game where you can find yourself offensively. You know, when the Islanders played them, they had three guys in the bottom six score goals. They got them a 3-1 lead. Uh, you know, when the Rangers played them back... In uh, early October, they had Zabenejad score a hat trick that kind of started off his hot start to the season. So, this is a this is a team where you can get you could start a, a hot streak on. So, I think that that's going to be key for the Devils tonight. for sure. And I mean, you know, you get to fatten up against these teams, right? Devils have 14 points, Ottawa's got 13. Like these are the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference. But you look at the Devils and you say, all right, well, at least there's something there. Ottawa's, there's just nothing right, On there. paper, there's, they're significantly more skilled than There's no hope. They're terrible. They should be canceled. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but I mean, look, I mean, this is as much to me also about just seeing what the Devils have, right? Forget about jumping back up in the standings, which is nice, or getting back into playoff contention, which is nice. I want to see what the Devils are kind of made of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what the answer is to that question, you know, you've got John Hines kind of on the hot seat, and you know he's kind of having a little bit of a prove it stretch here, if you will, where he's got to go ahead and win some games because I think his job is in some jeopardy if they don't. Um, and if you look at the moves they made in the off season, this was a team that is trying to make the playoffs. This is not a team that's tanking. This is not a team that's in the middle of a necessarily in the middle of a rebuild. They kind of are, but this is a team that went out, got some pieces. They got Taylor Hall back, who was hurt last year. They went out and traded for P.K. Subban. They have Nikita Gusev now, too. This is a team that is serious about trying to make the playoffs, but the, the problem is they're just really not good enough to do that. So this is more about what are the Devils made of, what do they have, and how can they build on this for the rest of the season and also for the next couple of years? I think that's as much, if not more important, than just looking at the micro and looking at this year. 100%. And I think that tonight for Hines, I wouldn't be surprised, and I honestly would say that he should, put the lines in a, put the lines in a blender. Just sure. throw it to the wall and see what sticks. Did they say who's starting goalie tonight? Uh, I have not seen. Yeah, it, should it should be Blackwood. <laughs> it should be Mackenzie Blackwood. They've had three days off. Of course, not, I, I course hate to not. say it. Because Corey Schneider seems like a really good guy. He just cannot play anymore. I'm Four, sorry. 4.59 goals against and an 8.52 save percentage. <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah, no, he hasn't been good all year. That's not acceptable. He wasn't good last year either, really. <laughs> no, I mean, he was hurt all last year. Yeah. Um, 
but not that I can see. They haven't said who's starting. But it, I, they've had three days off. I assume it will be Blackwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no reason for it not to be. Um, but y- you said it, Jimmy. John Hines, low key, kind of on the hot seat. So, so I think that this is a game where you kind of just mix it around. <laughs> see, see, see what you got. Just the lo- lines aren't set when you're five, seven, and four. You yeah. can't have set four. Li- you can't have a set twelve guys when you're under five hundred in the NHL. So. To me, just mix it around, and especially because in in seventy games, Taylor Hall is going to have a decision on where he wants to play. Oh, yeah. And if you don't find a guy who he meshes with, whether it's a young guy or an older guy, doesn't matter. Whether you, you don't find a center for him to to get him the puck to score goals, that might be his decision on whether or not he leaves New Jersey, which then puts them ten steps back in their rebuild, as you mentioned, Jimmy, and. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they traded Taylor Hall at the deadline, and they need to keep him around starting right, like literally right now. Uh, honestly, and and I'm I'm saying this out of 100% seeing where the Devils are right now. If they don't pick this up, I think they should trade Taylor Hall at the deadline. You know, this is the idea, right? If they're bad, I don't think he's coming back. No, I don't think so. So the thing is, if you're going to play that game where it's like, oh, we got a slight chance at him, just trade him. Get something back for him. Some team is going to pay. I mean, you know, pick any team that's up there right now. Some team will pay for a half year of Taylor Hall. They're going to be asking for a lot. They will, and of, they should. Stuff for and Taylor honestly, Hall, they'll probably get it because some team is going to go out there and get, like, a missing piece. Well, I mean, look how look how much Vegas gave up to get Mark Stone last mm-hmm. year. Now, yeah. granted, Now, granted, there was a contract extension that came along with him from Ottawa, but still. That's a that was a top flight, any uh, defensive prospect. That there were NHL pieces that got moved in that trade. That was a big time blockbuster trade for a guy who puts the puck in the back of the net. As does Taylor Hall, and Mark Stone. Yeah, Vegas didn't make it to the Western Conference Final last year, but he helped Vegas last year. He's going to help them for a long time. There's there are teams <coughs> Islanders who could use a guy who could put the puck in the back of the net to help them in the playoffs. There's yeah, there's I would say most teams. But every team, in, every te- New York teams ev- for sure. Every hockey team in the history of time could use a guy who puts the puck in the net like Taylor Hall does, and that is he is going to be a wanted commodity come February, and it's going to be about whether New Jersey can do enough to to be so confident that they're going to keep him come June. And, and then keep in mind too, if you trade for Taylor Hall and you're able to extend him, you will give up whatever. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. No, 100%. I mean, you, 100%. If you parlay that half season into five, six, seven years of Taylor Hall, you, you're going to sign a blank check at that point because yeah. this guy, uh, as, as this might sound like an exaggeration, this guy is one of the best players in hockey. I mean, he like, just won this the MVP guy 10 minutes ago. won the Hart Trophy last year. I mean, this guy is tremendous. He's he's really good. Yeah, he's and, really and granted, I, I know there's still all the memes out there about, you know, Oilers trade Hall for whatever it Adam was. Adam Larson. And, yeah, Adam Larson and, you know, all the fair trade jokes <laughs> and the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals jokes. But It was. It was a terrible look, trade. Look, you, you, you have to get something for him because if they suck the rest of the year, he ain't coming back. No, he's 100%. gone. He's out that door. And you know what? You're going to be asking so much more out of Jack Hughes and all these other young guys who you brought up this year as opposed to what you are right now. So I think the Devils ought to seriously consider that, um, especially if they keep going down the tubes like they have so far this year. Well, even with Nico Heischer to just signed the big extension. What was that it, is um, true. That is true. Six years. I think it was seven years. Yes, yes. seven yeah. years, an absurd amount of money. He, he needs to start playing well, playing better as well. Maybe put him on the line with, I don't know, Taylor Hall or 
yeah. Palmieri and see how they work. I don't know. Uh, figure it out. Put put the lines yeah. in a blunder. They got to win some, some hockey games. Some, they got to make some moves. All right, let's move on. We talked a lot about the Penguins and the Islanders and Rangers segments. Sidney Crosby is injured. That is a story anytime it happens. Uh, they were showing stats last night during the Ranger game that Evgeny Malkin just turns into this, just hits a next level when Sidney Crosby misses time. Uh, they're going to need that because they've had a lot of injuries this year. They are not doing poorly necessarily, but they have had very interesting games where they're down 2 nothing, 3 nothing after the first period, and then they come back and force overtime. They did it against the Islanders. They did it against the Rangers. They had this crazy game against the Bruins where they were down like 2 or 3 nothing, came all the way back and tied it, and then lost 6-4 to in regulation. That was wild. So to me, the, it's a lower body injury for Crosby. It, it looked not terribly serious on the ice, but you never know. You, you never know by just looking at the guy as he walks off the ice. This is a huge, huge, huge time for Evgeny Malkin, especially after they lose Phil Kessel. Now they gain Alex Galchenyuk in that trade. Maybe he's going to step up. Brian Rust has been good. But in the end, I think this all 100% falls on Malkin over the next however long Crosby's out because they really haven't given a time frame. Malkin needs to 100% step up, be the leader of the team that Crosby's gone. But even um, Matt Murray. Matt Murray, he's playing well right now, but he needs to continue playing well. Had obviously lost last night, but I forgot I forgot what the exact goals against average was, but he's playing phenomenal this season. Yeah, so he far. has been really good. Yeah, 239. Two, yeah. yeah, he's, he's playing phenomenal. He's been really good. I mean, he's a really good goalie. So. Yeah. He needs to sustain that while, especially Crosby's gone. And, and Latang's yeah. gone, too. Latang is out, too. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, Malkin was out. You know, for was. a period of time yep. at the start of the season. So the the amount of time that Crosby and Malkin have been together, very minimal this year. And obviously mm-hmm. the Penguins are at their best when both of them are together. But now if you look at the standings, and it obviously depends on how long Crosby is out, but they're not top three in the Metro. They've got 22 points. They are tied with the Flyers. So if you want to say they're tied for third, technically the Flyers have a game in hand. So I would put the Flyers ahead of them. Um, and then you know they would be on the fringes right now, depending on tiebreakers, and obviously it's early. But this is a big stretch. They need to weather this storm because the Metro has shown it's going to be extremely competitive. The Caps and the Isles are for wheel, uh, for for real, for real. Uh, I like the Flyers a lot. I think they're a really solid team, uh, and they're a playoff caliber squad. So well, Kevin Hayes is phenomenal. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Hayes is tremendous. Um, so I think. This is the time for the Penguins to try to figure it out. And Malkin, since he's come back, has been good. He's got seven points in seven games. He needs to continue that. He needs to hit that next gear, like you said, Chris. And if he doesn't, the Penguins, even if they're only without Crosby for five or ten games, they're in some danger of potentially missing out on the playoffs because I think the Eastern Conference is legit. I think it's real. I think it's better than it's been over the past few years. And I think there's a bunch of good teams that could unseat the Penguins over the course of this stretch and put them in a hole that they might they might not be able to come back from just because if they build that out for themselves, granted they have the rest of the season, but if they build that hole for themselves, it's kind of tough to climb out of, especially if there's injuries ravaging their team, whether it's Crosby, Malkin, or somebody else. I mean, look who's behind them in the wild card for a second. So they're in the number one wild card spot right now. You have Toronto, who's the yeah. the most supreme, one of the most supremely offensive talented teams in the entire league. Now granted, they just lost Mitch Marner. They're getting Zach Hyman back tonight. Carolina, who we all predicted to make the playoffs because they are one of the more well-coached teams in the league. You can't expect this downfall from them. Buffalo, whatever. Tampa Bay, who I think literally every single person picked to win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) I did. And then the Rangers, Columbus, Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa. Those teams all stink. But those four teams are good. 
They're really freaking good. So you can't, you can't, you know, as you mentioned, Jimmy, it's a tight race, and you can't lose these games with Crosby out. And granted, one of the down, the how do I say it, the bad parts of Sidney Crosby's career, if you will, is that he's missed a lot of time. Yeah. And he's missed a lot. I think he's played 82 games once in his entire career. Yeah. Um, he's missed a lot of time. Yeah. So and, and that they, they, more, not that they're yeah. not that they're used to it. You can't be used to missing the best player in, in the world, but they know how to win without him. And that was that was more true earlier in his career. The last few years, he's if you better. go after 20, mm-hmm. yeah, 2014, 80, 2015, 77, then 80, 75, 82 in 2018, uh, 79 last year. So he's been healthy. I also worry about it too because when he was hurt all those times, they were all concussions. They also there were concussions, but he was also 23, 24. Yeah, now yeah. he's 32. Yeah, and that's a different discussion. You know, rehab takes longer, recovery takes longer. Um, when you're older and in Sidney Crosby's case he's eight nine years older than when he was earlier in his career where he just couldn't put a full season together so we'll see what winds up happening with uh, the Penguins but I think it's a very dicey time for them right now and they really can't afford to lose many games and last night was the first game Crosby has missed all season so far and he has five goals and 12 assists in 17 games and obviously he's the best player in the world other than McDavid but right um in order for, I think he needs to come back in order for the Penguins to at least have a uh, chance of making the playoffs. He needs to come back soon, and he can't be he, like he can't miss all this time because they're not going to be able to sustain anything. Yeah, I mean he's a point a game at 32 years old. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. That's quite good. That's really good. All right, uh, last thing we're going to talk about: Arizona's GM John Chica uh, resigned uh, a contract extension. Uh, the terms were not released, but uh, I think this is a key move for them because you look at a team who is kind of not maybe not done with their rebuild maybe that's a little bit strong but they are in the best position to make the playoffs they've been in a very long time they it, since they moved to Arizona they've made the conference final one time i believe it was the year yeah it was the year that the kings beat the devils they lost the kings in the western conference final uh, so 2012 yeah. they were still the phoenix coyotes they were still the phoenix really coyotes right? they weren't the arizona coyotes yet um and this, and he's a young guy. He was the youngest GM in NHL history when he was hired. He's only thirty right now. He's still only thirty. Yeah. I think he was hired like twenty-five. And he has brought them directly back into relevancy with guys like we mentioned: Phil Kessel, Clayton Keller through the draft. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson gets re-signed. Nicholas Jalmerson comes from Chicago. So this, to me, it makes perfect sense for them to re-sign him long-term. If it is long-term, and we don't know, because um, this is a team trending in the right direction basically ever since he got there. Yeah, and, and this is an Arizona team that they didn't miss the playoffs by that much last year. No, they didn't. They only missed by four or five points, I think. And you, you thought maybe getting Phil Kessel would be the thing to put them over the edge. And honestly, Phil Kessel's been okay. But you look at some of the other guys they've gotten, like Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller. Uh, Alex Goligoski has been tremendous as their best defenseman. He has been terrific. Um, he's got 10 assists on the season as well. Um, and, and look, they deserve credit for what they've done over there because there was a span for that team of, I would say, like five years especially right after they made that conference final. They haven't been to the playoffs since then, obviously. Right. They, um, it, it's very Jets-esque, if you will. They, yeah. made the conf- they made the conference final, or the Jets played the Steelers, and they haven't been back since. Yeah, pretty they, much. They've yeah. been terrible <laughs> since then. Yeah. Um, but the Coyotes deserve a ton of credit for this because they had been sort of spinning the wheel. Um, and you look at some of their division finishes, like 2015, dead last, 2018, dead last. That was two years ago. Right. And they were you know, 29-41-12. and 12. I mean, that's terrible. And they were an awful team. They were, I mean, they would, you know, if you look at teams like the Senators this year, I mean, I would almost, like, think about putting that those teams, like, down there with them. Um, and, and they deserve a ton of credit. They've rebuilt the roster. 
Um, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I, I picked it before the season. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I'm sticking <laughs> to it. Um, and, I, and I have a lot of confidence in Arizona. Uh, John Chaika deserves all the credit in the world and all the good things for this run. Uh, and I would be interested to see them in the playoffs because they've got a lot of talent. Uh, they're a team that I think nationally is very slept on, uh, but they've gotten off to a great start. I would love, love, love to see them in the playoffs. Well, they just beat the two defending Stanley Cup champions yeah. in, in a shootout. Connor Garland's had the game-winning goal in both shootouts as well, so they're they're on a hot streak right now. Yeah, and I, th- I think what you said is correct, Jimmy, that this team would be fun in the playoffs because you also look at a goalie in Darcy Kemper who, for the most part, was unheard of before this season and is now in the tops of the league in both goals against average and save percentage. He was number one in save percentage until Thomas Grice took it just like the other day. Uh, he's been outstanding And he's played year. more games than Grice. And he's played more games fair. than Grice, too. Yeah. yeah, no, 100% he has. And he's been outstanding for them. He's a guy who they're going to be relying on, on on the back end. And they, they've been fun to watch this year. And they're, they don't really have a superstar necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily put Clayton Keller in that category yet. He definitely has the potential to be. Don't get me wrong. He, he's he's outstanding. Um, but you look at even like an old like older guys that are on this team too, like Michael veteran Grabner, guys, Michael Grabner, Derek Stepan, Derek yeah. Stepan, Phil That's Kessel, that, that are going to like that know how to get there, right? Like the Arizona Coyotes, the logo on the chest hasn't been to the playoffs since 2012. Yeah. But those guys have been to Stanley Cup Finals. In Phil Kessel's case, they've won a Stanley Cup and they know how to get you there. And that's only going to help them too. Nicholas Jalmerson also won a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup, uh, multiple Stanley Cups. So that's going to help them get there. And yeah. I think I think this is. Yeah, a, a great I mean, move Brad Richardson's another guy in there won a Stanley Cup. Hasn't done a lot for this team, but still, right. I mean, they've got a lot, and they've got a lot of talent. I mean, you know, you talk about the goaltending, right? We saw it in the playoffs last year. You know, Jordan Bennington stood on his head for mm-hmm. four rounds. Blues I would the Cup last final. year's Blues team was more. Talented last year's Blues team was more talented, and, and I totally agree with that. But we've seen. The, the big wild card is if your goalie's hot, just ride them. And you can win those games one nothing 2-1 and, and get out of these series with wins. And next thing you know, you look up and it's, oh, my God, I'm in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Even the six games that Antti Rontas played, he hasn't played that bad at all. Yeah, no, he's he's a nine, solid 12, backup goalie. 9-12 save percentage and three oh six goals against. That's really not terrible for a backup goalie. They, they tried to make him the starter. It didn't necessarily work. They bring in Kemper and Ronta, as he proved with the Rangers, is a fantastic backup mm-hmm. goalie. And Cam Talbot proved it as well, and he is now in Calgary too. Uh, fantastic backup goalie. So that that is all. I, anybody else on Arizona? All right. So <laughs> <laughs> I said what I needed to say. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders and the Devils both play tonight, uh, and we'll see you back here next week. For Jimmy Sullivan, Mike Messina, I'm Chris Hennessy. We'll see you next time.